WWF superstars compete in the Royal Rumble for the undisputed WWF Championship, including Jake the Snake Roberts, the Barbarian, the model Rick Martel, the Berserker, Rowdy Roddy Piper, Hacksaw Jim Duggan, Nasty Boy Sags, Repo Man, Sergeant Slaughter, alleged real-world champion Ric Flair, Hercules, Colonel Mustafa, the Macho Man Randy Savage, Skinner, the British Bulldog Baby Boy Smith, the Million Dollar Man Ted DiBiase, Haku, Shawn Michaels, the Warlord, El Matador, Sid Justice, IRS, Nikolai Volkov, the Texas Tornado, Virgil, the Undertaker, the Big Boss Man, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Superfly Snooker, and the Immortal Hulk Hogan. Welcome to episode five of the Fretzel Mania podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Fretz. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the legendary JF. You can find this podcast, F R E T Z L E Mania, on anchor.fm, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Play, on Stitcher, and many more that I'm completely forgetting about. Today, I am doing a retro review of the 1992 Royal Rumble. Now, this is one that is it's a personal favorite of mine for, for many reasons, mostly involving nostalgia. Um, as I've said before, um, my local hardware store, the Home Hardware in Cannington, Ontario, Canada, where I no longer live... Um, we could rent movies there. They had a wide variety of 80s movies, 90s movies, animated, Disney, WWE, and pornography. There's a there's a hard joke. So there's a joke about something being hard or hardware joke in there somewhere. But it won't hold up. So, moving on here to the buildup of this show, I thought was really interesting. You had two quote-unquote controversial WWE title switches, both involving Hulk Hogan and The Undertaker. Of course, we know the Survivor Series 1991 is when The Undertaker won the WWE title from Hulk Hogan, albeit due to interference from Ric Flair and a tombstone on a chair that missed by about 72 feet. Excuse me. The next night... Not next night, but a couple nights later at This Tuesday in Texas. Hulk Hogan wins it back due to... Well, come on, the referee was turned and he used the urn. Come on, man, that's, cl that's classic heel shit. Wait, what, Hogan's face? Moving on. Jack Tunney 
instead of doing the sensible thing by um, booking a coffin match or a no DQ match or something like that, or holding the title vacant and having them face off for said vacant title. Now he decides to declare the entire, entire title vacant and awards the winner of the Royal Rumble, the WWE title. So live from the Knickerbock arena in Albany, New York, hometown of steamed hams it's the royal rumble and of course like classic coliseum videos gorilla monsoon and bobby the brain heenan the best two-man commentary team in wrestling history and i will fight you for that cause the action our opening contest is the new foundation of Owen Hart and Jim the Anvil Mightheart battle the Orient Express of Kato and Tanaka, by which I mean a Hawaiian and Paul Diamond in a mask, who later became Max Moon. I'm not making this up. Look up Max Moon. Yes, he was originally intended for Conan, but he smelled shit and went back down to Mexico. So... The Orient Express come to the ring in questionably, to questionably racist music, along with the late great legendary ribber himself, Mr. Fuji. And of course, we know Mr. Fuji's no longer with us. Owen and Nightheart are no longer with us. It's just going through this whole show is is kind of sad because probably about half their participants here are all dead. Um, so you had Owen and Jim who just walked right out of an MC Hammer music video. And into the ring. Uh, just a great contest. Back and forth action. Owen Hart showcasing his high flying and technical abilities. And the anvil throwing around the Orient Express like they were sacks of potatoes. And I'm looking at Owen Hart. He could land a drop kick, a snap suplex, and a backbreaker that rivals his brother. Um, and speaking of Brett, throughout the whole match, you had the commentators going on about uh, breast, Brett's recent loss of the Intercontinental title because he had a fever of 104. And Bobby Heenan, you know, quips in, Big Whoop, I wrestled I wrestled the fever of 113. Of course, Gorilla quips with, Will you be serious? Uh, 113 is over 50 degrees Celsius up here in Canada. Or, you know, uh, no, nah, he, he'd be dead. I've had a fever of 104 before, and that's about 40 degrees Celsius. It sucked. I remember sleeping on the couch and waking up and emerge. That's it. So the evil foreigners, air quotes, keep Owen down with constant hot tags. Uh, not hot tags, and just constant tags. And Mr. Fuji sneaks his cane on the corner for an Irish whip spot. And Owen's shoulder eats the cane. Eventually, Anvil gets the hot tag in. He cleans house. He uses Owen Hart's Irish whip momentum to launch him to the outside for a suicide dive on Kato. And in the ring, we see the rocket launcher, a.k.a. the Bada Boom Shakalaka. I'm sorry, because uh, I just reminded everybody about the existence of Enzo and Cass. Um... Yeah, so it's a fun opener. It got the crowd going. And since I'm not Tuna Meltzer, I'm not giving this a star rating because fuck Dave Meltzer. Coming up next, the Mountie with Jimmy, the mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart against Rowdy, Rowdy Piper. Now, these are about two of my favorites who are not from the Hart family and not Edge and Christian. 
and Kevin or Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But uh, this just put a big smile on my face. He had Jacques Rougeau portraying a Canadian Mountie, although ironically, he never played the character in Canada as it was subject to litigation here. He was strongly urged not to portray this character in house shows, but wrestled as Jacques Rougeau instead. But he still wore like the black pants. Um, the Mountie was fresh off his shock intercontinental title win against Brett uh, two nights previous as he was suffering from a fever, a.k.a. a negotiating a new contract. Piper challenges the new champion as, you know, Bret Hart is is laid out after the match because he's exhausted, he's feverish, he's he's spent. Piper comes in to check on him, and of course the Mountie jumps him from behind, Pearl harbors him. Damn it, OSW, you're making me use that that word. I'm sorry. Um, so you see the Mountie come out. Unfortunately, not to his, I'm the Mountie. I'm handsome. I'm brave. I'm strong. I'm the Mountie. And I enforce the law. You can try to run, but you can never hide. Because the Mountie always gets his man. Unfortunately, we don't hear that hilarious, low-key top three entrance theme music of all time. But we hear something resembling the soundtrack to a Canadian nature documentary. Or what I think Americans think Canadian music is. Uh, That's not Nickelback. Or back then it would be, what, Glass Tiger? So Roddy gets a great pop, comes out just being himself, and I'm smiling from ear to ear. Out of all the wrestlers we've lost in the past few years, Piper is one I miss the most. I mean, this is a death that hit me so hard. It was because, um, mostly, a lot of it is because Roddy Piper was born the same year as my father. And at the time of Roddy's passing, my father was going through a a wide range of health issues um, stemming from his past diagnosis of cancer now my father had um a g-tube put in his stomach basically it's something that hooks up to it it feeds him he can't take you know solid foods in the mouth because he had cancer in the mouth and you know uh, the radiation therapy later on kind of messed with his throat flaps you know that helps you swallow food so stuff would build up in his lungs and he would always get pneumonia so my father was having complications and when I saw Piper died and I saw, you know, 1954, I just immediately thought of my dad. Um, he's okay now. Uh, my dad is working his ass off in his mid-60s and yet you can't, can't stop him. The guy's a, the guy's a workaholic. I, I love him to death. It, his, his work ethic is, is admirable and just, you know, it's my dad. So we see just classic piper being a funny dickhead um he hits a dust dustin rhodes-esque bulldog and a fish drop for the near fall you know piper goes for a drop kick and misses mountie tries to take control but piper is too smart you know a little bit of outside shenanigans Uh, we see later on in the match towards the finish jimmy hart distracts roddy piper but you know he sees him coming and mountie runs into jimmy hart uh, Piper locks in the sleeper, and we have a new champ. 
Piper wins his first and only singles title in the WWE, and that's just that just makes me even sadder. Um, he did win the WCW US title for a cup of coffee. Um, he had some titles, and I think the AWA or maybe the NWA in the eighties. But how popular this man was after his face turn, after you know his quote unquote retirement match against Adrian Adonis at WrestleMania three. How popular he became, and he never had any other titles. Well, because Hogan was on top, and Hogan must pose, pal. Uh, yeah, it's sad. And, yeah, so we see the, the end of the match. Um, Jimmy Hart tries to hit Roddy with the cattle prod, but he steals it, and he shocks Jock. Shock Jock. I made that rhyme, rhyme unintentionally. Uh, and you just see the elation, the joy on Piper's face just says it all. And hey, we're getting an awesome Intercontinental title match at WrestleMania 8 with uh, with Bret Hart. That might be a future review coming up next off for sakes. <sighs> I have to talk about the Bushwhackers versus the Beverly Brothers, don't I? I've talked about Jameson, but on the plus side, the genius is here. Any graces graces. Us all with a poem. Ah, that's better. So, Jameson was your friendly neighborhood nerd who would occasionally appear on the Bobby Heenan show on, it was Wrestling Challenge or one of those other, you know, early WWE shows. Um, he was often the subject of, you know, ridicule and bullying and punchlines from all the heels. You know, the Bushwhackers come in and have his back. There's a feud with the genius in there somewhere for some reason and in a backstage interview mean gene hilariously asks um jameson if he has mr blackwell's number who for those of you who don't know that's a subtle nod to the late fashion critic richard blackwell who invented like you know hollywood's worst dress list a joke i didn't get as a kid but i got a good chuckle out of it today um so we see the class clowns from high school meet with the high school punching bag waddle their way to the ring after the valedictorian delivers a poetry slam. Yeah, this is the setup to a 1980s teen comedy. So, this match is dog shit. It's it's nothing special. It's The focus is between the genius and Jameson, and even though it wasn't good, you had, you know, an outside spot where the genius cheap shot at him. He hated me! And fight back. You... Luke Gallows... What do you call Jameson? Nerd! So, of course, <clears throat> uh, the Beverly's win, thank God, after hitting a double axe handle. Wait, what? Really? A double axe? Well, that's back when almost anything could pin anybody. I mean, Dino Bravo used the sidewalk slam as a finisher, and Gorilla Monsoon called the side suplex. Weak sauce, but, you know, the Canadian Destroyer wasn't invented in, in the early 90s, so not every finish could be exciting. Uh, Jameson went away. We never saw the last round of the Nerds movie, and dud. Moving on. We got the Natural Disasters challenging the tag team champions, the Legion of Doom, next. And Hawk, just with his classic, well... The natural disasters like to throw their weight around. That's okay, because we like to throw your weight around, too. At the end of this, you're going to be, like, something sweat socks. Ugh, what a rush. 
I just love Hawk's um, grotesque, disgusting descriptions of how he's going to maim his opponents. It's, yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Uh, so this is your classic David versus a Goliath match. That is, if David had a little help from Dr. Zahorian, Google it. And you see a Hawk at the start of the match nails the future Shockmaster or the top rope Lariat for the near fall. Quake tags in and Hawk, you know, squares right up to him. Just eye to eye. Just no given, no Fs. And we see Quake try to throw a drop kick. What? 400 and some odd pound sumo guy throwing in a drop kick. Well, Yokozuna used to do one, so, you know. Monsoon quips in. You wouldn't hit Sky Lolo with that one. If you get that one, can of Coke to you. Animal and Quake face off. Oh, here we go. Uh, they double clothesline each other. Animal tries to slam Earthquake, but nope. Andre the Giant, Fallen Hogan spot from WrestleMania 3. Near fall. Typhoon with an avalanche. Animal with a nice lariat. Uh, you know, Hawk gets beat down. Animal hits the hot tag. Uh, Schmaz and something happens. Still disqualification. Count out. I'm confused. But, hey, LOD retains. And now, already we're at the main event. The Royal Rumble match for the vacant WWE title. However, beforehand, leading up to this Rumble, we see the infamous barbershop where Shawn Michaels turned on his former tag team partner from the Rockers, Marty Jannetty. And, you know, after the super kick, Bobby Heenan goes in, oh, I know he was going to do that. <laughs> And Shawn Michaels tries to get over his catchphrase. <laughs> I don't think so. Does it get over? In Ron Howard voice, it doesn't. So we see several Coliseum Video exclusives. Side note, Coliseum Video also used to make porn. So that probably explains how my hardware store got all these Coliseum Videos. I don't know. I didn't turn 19 until my hardware store stopped Renting VHSs. Anywho, we see these exclusives through Ric Flair, who says, I drew number. Oh, spoiler alert. Drew number three. Followed by interviews from the Macho Man, Sid Justice, the Repo Man, the British Bulldog. Jake the Snake Roberts, another one with Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect. Mirror, mirror, on the wall. Undertaker with Paul Bearer with 29 caskets. Oh, yes. And, of course, last and least, Hulk Hogan. All great, all memorable promos showing, showing us that, hey, anyone can win the WWE title today. Except maybe Repo Man. So now, here is the Royal Rumble match from 1992. The title is vacant and on the line for the Royal Rumble. And here are your entrants in order. Thanks, Wikipedia. The British Bulldog, Ted DiBiase. The Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Woo! Nasty Boy Jerry Sags, Haku, The Heartbreak 
Kid Shawn Michaels. El Matador Tito Santana. The Barbarian. The Texas Tornado Carrie Von Eric. Re, 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 Repo Man. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Nikolai Volkov. The Big Boss Man. The Mighty Hercules. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Jake the Snake Roberts. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Erin R. Scheister, otherwise known as IRS. Jimmy Murderer Snuka, The Undertaker. Randy Macho Man Savage, The Berserker. Virgil, Colonel Mustafa, a.k.a. The Iron Sheik. Rick the Model Martell, Hulk Hogan, Skinner. Skinner! Sergeant Slaughter, Sid Justice, and The Warlord. Those are your participants. And due to the fact that there are 29 eliminations, I'm going to share a few highlights from this Royal Rumble match. The Fink, Howard Finkel, takes forever to announce the rules and the fact that the title's on the line, just like how I've been taking forever of your time leading up to this. Sorry, not sorry. Uh, Bobby and Gorilla, you know, they're talking over him. Bobby is just paranoid about Ric Flair. Uh, Gorilla's kind of poking the brain a little bit. Jack Tunney gets Vince McMahon heat, and Bobby chimes in. He's been the press, best president since Norega. Google that one, kids. Manuel Norega, Panama, 80s. Yeah, not going there. Ric Flair draws number three. No, no, no. This isn't fair to Flair. This isn't fair to Flair. We're going to hear that a lot tonight. And we see almost every heel, especially ones from the Heenan family, going after Flair because it's every man for himself, right? We see Flair give uh, Haku a chop and immediately signs his death certificate. We see a sneak preview of a match that takes place some 16 years after this. Wait, you want a clue? Okay, it's HBK versus Ric Flair. Except this time... Sean doesn't apologize or says he loves him. He does do a super kick, though. This is sadly the last appearance of the Texas Tornado, Kerry Von Eric, an old frenemy to Ric Flair. Of course, Kerry goes right to Nate, and we go back to the 80s, to the Texas Territory days uh, of their of their feud. Like the horse, I think the horseman may have had a feud with, you know, the Von Erich family. And of course, you know, the Von Erichs and the Freebirds had a feud. We just went back to back in time just for a little bit. And unfortunately, in early 93, uh, Kerry Von Erich uh, committed suicide. Um, he was very young, too. It's unfortunate. Hercules' last appearance. Having been in nearly every pay-per-view since WrestleMania now, given his status in the company, that's an impressive feat. Uh, that's 20, I think, pay-per-view appearances. Uh, wow. Okay. It's not common for that to happen now because there's 20 pay-per-views between now and WrestleMania. But that's neither here nor there, Dusty Dave. Uh, that's for you. You see Flair finally clearing out the ring and collapses. And the Next entrant to come out is his old buddy, Rowdy Roddy Piper. <laughs> oh, here we go. And Ric Flair, of course, no, just doing the cowardly chicken shit heel. 
like only he knows how to do. Um, we see Piper no sell an atomic drop and then just gives Flair the old poke in the eye. Hilarious. Uh, R.I.P. Piper. God, I miss you so much. Uh, and we see there's like Jake Roberts and The Undertaker and Randy Savage are all embroiled in this feud. I mean, it is between Savage and Roberts, but, you know, Taker's been helping out uh, the snake a little bit. Um, this is also the catalyst for a future face turn from The Undertaker. Oh, my, I forgot to add something to this on my blog. Anywho. Um, Sid Justice, the pop this man got was just almost rivaled to Hogan's. Everyone thought he was the next guy, and with Hogan off filming movies, he could have been, or should have been. So, well, case in point here, when 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 Sid eliminated Hogan uh, on the Life pay-per-view version, which actually my neighbor had, um, Sid got a massive pop. Of course, this was edited off of future releases, and even they recorded, uh, Monsoon recorded some new commentary um initially admonishing him for for the elimination i was a huge fan of sid when i was a kid i was obsessed i named my cat after him back then i tried to make my cat do the fist pump but got scratched yeah i was i'm still not that smart um hogan was getting some few some booze at the time so i guess vince wanted to keep his golden boy golden uh and of course at the end rick flair Woo! Eliminates Sid with an assist from Hulk Hogan to win the Iron Man Royal Rumble and held a record that stood for years, win, winning the first of two WWE titles that year. And Heenan has a verbal orgasm. Pure gold, like only Ric Flair can. Although at this time, I did not like Ric Flair. I wanted Sid to win. But that's neither here nor there. Again, Dusty Dave, that's for you, buddy. So the promo we see afterwards is absolute gold. Everything from, uh, you know, put that cigarette out by Mean Gene to Ric Flair with a tear in my eye. I can't do Ric Flair, I'm sorry. This is the greatest moment of my life. And now he's the real world's champion. Woo! So this was a quick ride through an amazing, amazing pay-per-view of Royal Rumble 92. I just finished recording with Nate the F and Great, the Game Changer podcast for Royal Rumble 1999. And with Rumble season, I might throw in one more retro review in there. But we'll see what how you know, work, right? Um, yeah, NXT TakeOver Phoenix is this weekend. And War Rumbles this weekend. I'm defending my Game Changer Championship against the Game Changer himself. So I hope to expect a title retain. And yeah, got some ret- some more reviews from them coming up. Expect the TakeOver reviews uh, in the coming weeks. Peace.